Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right. We're back here with another episode of Horror Vision. I'm your host, John. And I am the co-host, Bug. And we got a, a another movie for you. Did you want me to finish that one? You, there's a long pause there. No, I was trying to get my brain to work, Bug, and it just wasn't. It was just See, like, not- I'm still trying to figure out, like what they were trying to do with this movie. <laughs> See, I called you out there now. You can't edit that. that oh, no, I'm, I'm going to keep that. I'll keep that in. That was, That's it was a legitimate, thought. I was thinking, and I was like, you know what? I got nothing. I got nothing going on in this brain. That's called reverse. Don't hurt. Psychologist. Don't hurt yours. I got, Hey, I got a psychology minor, so you can't out, out psychology me, bud. <laughs> that's cool that's about the equivalent of a what is it criminal mind or criminal i don't even know what the hell it is anymore that's how irrelevant they, Dude, those we, are we don't know anything what we do know is we saw Candyman 2021 not to be confused with Candyman 1992 and that's my first point i'm going to get on is i am sick of these legacy sequels just using the same exact name. Like I have no problem with like picking up continuity wise right from the first movie in a series, but like name your movie, something different, like give it a subtitle, something like, like the last Halloween, like Halloween's the sequel to Halloween. Like what? What would you call it then? I don't know. Just call it like Candyman legacy, Candyman, the return, something like that. Like any any type of thing you could use as a subtitle. Halloween. It's time to boogie. I mean, you couldn't do like the return of Michael Myers. That's already Halloween four, but you could have done something. Uh, I mean, I get it because because it, when you Google Candyman, you're not just getting this movie. You're getting I got the past three movies. Well, the, the other ones at least have subtitles, like Candyman 2's Farewell to Flesh, which I like that as a subtitle. That's pretty cool. And the third one's Day of the Dead. Um, But, like, something to differentiate it from, we have to call it Candyman 2021, and that's not technically the title of the movie. Like, we have to call it Halloween 2018. But, I don't know, that's just a little nitpick right off the bat. But, we got hey, we got, some, we got bigger fish to fry here, book. I mean, I don't know how to fry fish. I I don't eat a lot of fish, actually. I'm not a big seafood person. Yeah, we've talked about this multiple times. You are not a fan. I am not. But hey, to each their own. Like, if it came down to it, if it was like the apocalypse and survival situation, I'd eat the shit out, I'd eat the shit out of fish, book. <laughs> yeah, if it was apocalypse, yeah. I wouldn't be as picky with food as I am now. Yeah, but we got that benefit of the doubt. We live in the USA, where your choices are unlimited. I guess, technically, as long as you got money. I live, well, I mean, you can earn money in the USA pretty easily. There is a lot of options for that. I mean, I live, like, two minutes from a Taco Bell. There's, like, three pizza joints around me. You you got it. We, 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 you name it, we got it. (laughs) I was just going to keep letting you struggle there. Uh, I appreciate all right. it. All right, let's, just, let's just get into it here. Let's let's get this ball rolling. Oh, I forgot to ask you. What have you been up to recently? Oh, uh, well. This is recently, my favorite part of the podcast, though, just asking you this, because it's always some type of dumb shit. Um, all right, well, now I got it. Pressure's on. I got to make something up. 
Like, uh, that seemed cool. No, because I'm going to keep that in there. You can't just keep making stuff up. No, I mean, but I'm not I'm not going to keep making stuff up. But like this time I got to do something. I got to make something up. And then next time I'll do something cool. You don't have to necessarily do something cool. Like, I'll go. Just, uh, it's, next... it's a simple question. What have you been up to? Uh, I have been uh, working and eating and sleeping. Uh, there's there's. I've been watching hurricanes. You, you watching... know what? You know what? It might have been better if you did make something up. Exactly. I told no. you. What was that story you told me the other day about you getting accosted by like a fucking grown ass woman to like marry her daughter? No, I mean that was that was different. Oh, you know, I would say I, that, I would definitely say that's different. That doesn't happen every day. So, so I'll I'll do real quick background story. I met this lady. She was extremely friendly. She was uh, impressed with how I spoke. I guess you can say. And, long and, like, story how I was short. Able to long with her. long and story short. She wanted me to. I got a book. I got this. Me, I got this. No, for I got. You. I, I, this is this is my time. To save you the details. This here. is long my story time short. down here. Long story short, uh, you're going to dinner at this at these people's house, and then you're going to meet their daughter for the first time. And I guess then you get married after that. Is that how that works? I guess so. I don't know. No, she invited me to dinner. Well, no, no. See, like we're skipping steps because it was like, it was weird how this went down. So she, I, I saw her the one day and she, we talked for a while and she's like, oh, you should, you should uh, talk to my husband. He runs a company and they uh, look into hire. And she thought I would be a great person for them to hire. And then afterwards she said, uh, my daughter is also around your age. That would be awesome if, like, you could meet my daughter or something. And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. I'm brand new to the area. I need to meet people somehow, some way. So that's a good way to do it, I guess. And then a, a day or so later, um, I spoke to her again, and she said, oh, she apologized. She said, oh, that's too much pressure to put on you to say, like, hey, date my daughter, work for my husband. How about we just invite you over for dinner sometime? And I said, Sure. Why not? What do I have to lose? You know, that's a, from outside looking in. My perspective is you're not going over there for dinner. You are dinner. These people are going to kill you and they're going to eat you. Let's just say I'm going over there and I'll be munching on something. He's going over there and he's not coming back. So if you don't no. hear bug on the podcast uh, anymore, it's not because he got kicked off this time. It's because he is T E A dead. I thought you were just going to say MIA. No, no, you're definitely dead. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you what, it'll make a good Netflix documentary. Like, I hope I get interviewed on that. I would straight up be like, I'll tell them, like, I knew it. I saw it coming the whole time. I'll bring a pocket knife, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's going to help you. These, these people are obviously, this is not their first rodeo, seasoned murderers. They probably already got the spot dug out in the backyard where they're going to bury you. You're born and raised down here. I'm from the north. We're fighters up in the north. You don't mess with people from the north. Don't you know that? You don't inherently get attributes based upon where you live. You're Have soft, you seen bug, me? Bug, you're soft, Have you seen me? You're softer than 10-ply toilet paper, bud. 10-ply <laughs> toilet paper? Oh, that actually, I was going to bring that up. Uh, for the first time ever, I bought and used Charmin uh, toilet paper. Holy shit. Where the fuck have you been your whole life? Uh, my parents usually used to buy like Costco brand toilet paper. So it was like a one ply toilet paper. Damn your ass was probably to... probably chafed to hell and back. Well it was back in the day. <laughs> but I used back to have in the to do like two a... two weeks ago. <laughs> no, it's like two almost three months now. But yeah. I used to have to undo the whole roll, you know? <laughs> it was horrible. A roll of, now... a roll of shit. Yeah, pretty much. God damn. <laughs> I do have That's the why there's a the toilet paper shortage there. shortage out there. Well, uh, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta do what you can these days. But, but we'll leave it to the to the listeners. Uh, send us an email. Let us know if you think Boog should go to this dinner date at the at these random people's house that he met at work. Um, Hunter's Horror Vision at Gmail. Send us. Let us know. Boog should go. Boog shouldn't go. We'll hey. We'll leave it up to their in their hands. 
okay with that. Most likely, I'm still going to go, not going to lie. All right, well, if you do go, at least, like, clog their toilet or something, upper deck it. Make for a good story. I'll, I'll do what they did in Dumb and Dumber. I'll just shit all over the bathroom. Uh, well, that's a good segue. Speaking of shit all over the bathroom, let's uh, let's hop into uh, our synopsis of this movie. Because it is, uh, as far as the story goes, all over the place. Like that shit in the bathroom. Alright, so the general synopsis of the story here. Uh, you have an artist living in Chicago um, with his... I think that it's his girlfriend. I don't know if it's his fiance, but she is um, an art Great cur- character building there. Well, they, I, I don't remember if they said if it was the fiance or just girlfriend. Maybe they did. No, but um, she's an art curator. Uh, she's works with another guy to pick out, fill out uh, different artists in the gallery. So I guess the, they don't really give the backstory, but I think that's how they met. Um, so it starts off, uh, her brother and his boyfriend are going to come over um, for like a date night or whatever. And he, basically somehow they get down to it and he discloses the... Uh, Candyman legend to him, and that kind of inspires the artist who was having trouble coming up with new art. Um, he go through through a little bit there, and eventually he goes to where the legend originated, uh, Cabrini Green, uh, a project in um, the Chicago area. There, it was the projects. Yeah, but so that's that's another part that plays big in the movie too, is because a lot of it's being developed now and stuff. So one of the main themes that it plays with in the movie is gentrification, um, where the movie the another thing we'll talk in pros and cons, but basically slaps you in the face with the <laughs> Webster's Dictionary definition um, gentrification, where they. Uh, basically suffocates uh, low-income areas until the people can no longer even afford to be there, destroy the whole community, and then you build expensive houses there and, like, hipsters move. So that is a big running theme uh, in this, along with the, the racism that plays in with that, with, with that as well, um, which was a big component of the first Candyman, but it's not is skillfully done in this one i'll say for 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 now um but then he meets meets a man there uh that goes even further into the backstory of the candy man uh and it's actually a little bit different than what's portrayed in the original one you get a little bit more um backstory on who they considered the candy man at that point in the projects um and then you go through different the story beats he starts painting he gets stung by a bee there, and then he starts having uh, skin issues from the, the bee sting. Uh, people start dying. Uh, one of his art displays is a basically a mirror uh, where people uh, say the Candyman. Um, you say Candyman five times for people out there that don't know how the Candyman mythology works uh, into this mirror, and then people start getting killed. Shit starts going bad for the artist guy. And basically, at that point of the story, they have a bunch of different ideas with what they want to do. They don't really put them together. And then all of a sudden, you're in the conclusion of the movie. Um, I'm sure we'll spoil it and go into that, into the pros and cons. But overall, that is the story of this movie. Basically, an artist uh, finds out about the Candyman mythology. And... He inadvertently brings back the Candyman. You got anything to add to that, Boog? Nope, that's all, folks. <laughs> all right, so from there, we'll just go right into the pros and cons. Uh, do you want to go first, Boog? Second? I mean, that's your only choice, first or second. Uh, can you go. Cause... I'll start off positively, because I wanted to like this movie a lot more. I liked what I saw in the previews. Um, as far as what the Candyman meant to me coming in, it's one of the earliest. Because the movie came out in '92, so I was like one, two years old. I was young, but I'd seen it 
like fairly early in my life. I'd probably say about four or five years old, um, just because uh, at that point, like a lot of the early horror movies I was introduced to was because of my uncle, who is actually relatively to my age younger. There's only like a 12 year age difference there. Um, so he was he was in his teens at that point, and that's when I had first seen the movie. He showed me the movie, and it uh, it used to creep me out, like that that idea of the urban legend of like like for us it'd be like Bloody Mary, like go in the bathroom with the lights out, say it, and they're supposed to show up and kill you. Like that was the Candyman. Like when I was growing up, so I always knew about the Candyman as a kid, and I it it creeped me out. Um, I was gonna ask you, is is Candyman like the like an adaptation of Bloody Mary? No. So, well, I don't know as far, because a lot of it has to do with urban legends. Um, the original story was by Clive Barker, the Hellraiser dude. Um, it was called The Forbidden. And in that, it's it has kind of similar themes to the original story, but his was more based upon classism uh, in England at that time. And it's more contemporary takes place in Liverpool overseas there. Um, but that's what the original ones adapted from, uh, the 92 one, I think was directed by Bernard Rose and he had got the approval from Clive Barker to adapt it. And so he kind of took that overall idea and positioned it more to deal with classism and more prominently racism in the United States at that time. Uh, so that, that kind of worked with that whole idea, but the overall thing is just like dealing like the back, back, backbone is with urban legends. Um, so leading into my first pro that I did appreciate about the movie is how they took the urban legend element to it like if any of the listeners you'd seen the the first uh candy man they took how that movie ended and like brought it into the modern era and how people after the events of the first one would have like the urban legend of like in the first one helen how people thought that she was killing people and how candy man was going to like immortalize her and so like them positioning it that like she was the one killing killing the people in the first one and from the outside perspective it did look like she killed the people and tried to kill the kid and and things like that so so i liked how they did that but a con does go along with that is they never developed that and took that anywhere they kind of just like a lot of things with this movie like they just draw they had a good idea they had like a little piece of an idea they never developed it and they just let it go um a couple other times that happens in the movie like there's a subplot about the main artist, his wife, um, when she was younger. Uh, her dad was an artist as well, and he ended up killing himself for whatever reason. It's never explained. Um, and you think that's going to play somehow later into the movie, and then it's just never brought up after. They even do like a flashback, and I know the one brother was talking about how they had to clear out their storage space and maybe sell the dad's paintings or something like that. But then that's just never brought up again. It just it just goes away. They deal with the the gentrification in that. They talk about that, but that never really factors in later on in the movie. Um, they they talk about racism and that that kind of a little bit factors in later on, but it's so like ham fisted. Um, no subtlety there, nothing. It's just, it's just real in your face. So like most of my issues I had with this movie is that they're, they had good ideas and they had a good base to start off with. They just never developed it. They never took the next step. The more I think about it, I don't know if I actually watched this movie. Cause I'm having a hard time remembering anything. Are you, are you on drugs? I mean, there's a possibility, but I don't remember. Well, there was a lot of pace, pacing issues with this movie. It was like you're watching a whole lot of nothing. There's not really scares in it. Like, there's not really... The scenes, like, the the segments they're broken into, there's, like, no cohesion be, between them. Like, things just happen. But, no, like, the, the more I think about it, like, I... 
I literally just watched this movie like less than 12 hours ago and I'm forgetting all this this stuff happened. Which is a horrible sign for this movie. Yeah, it's it's not a good sign when it's not very memorable. Um it's for, like even something with like a movie that's going to have like a slasher type killer in it. There really wasn't too many memorable kills. The only kill that of note I would say is that scene when the main artist he goes into um the to, to discuss um some of his his different art pieces with a with art critic that he had that you had seen earlier in the movie and um she she had been pretty cold to him about talking about how his his art pieces were uninspired but then she wanted to meet with him again just to be like after the killing started just like how she gets his art more now and it's like just a, a, like a goofy scene like that but he starts freaking out and seeing the candy man he leaves in the way that they shot that scene like zoomed out you could see him like rushing out of the apartment but then she gets lifted off her feet and like her neck like snapped but it was like from a far away like i thought that scene was done pretty cool um but as far as the other kills like they weren't scary and they were pretty uninspired um a lot of it you really don't see which i don't have the biggest issue with because if you go back to the first candy man you really don't see any of the kills you mostly just see the aftermath and like from a stylistic standpoint as long as you're consistent with that like i don't have a big issue um but in this one you really the kills weren't like anything like crazy inspired um is like i guess as far as another pro though i thought the uh special effects work on his like skin like when his hand was getting infected from the beast beast thing i thought those were pretty cool but other than that, there's not too too many like special effects in this. I think that was probably the coolest thing for me is like the transformation of his hand. Yeah. Um, I know, which is not saying much because that's one body part out of like the tw- the what tw- the twenty actors that were in this movie. That was the only like special effect that we got, like with all the kills we had. You know, like yeah, I guess you had like the CGI bees near the end when the Candyman actually finally does show up. But, like, one of the big things in the original Candyman is they use, like, real bees. Like, there was bees coming out of Tony Todd's mouth, like, on his chest and stuff. Like, he got stung, like, a shit ton of times, but it, like, looked cool. But, yeah, something you can't fake. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so what do you, what did you think about as far as, like, I guess it's not, like, a major twist, but, like, the minor twist that it turned out that he was the the baby from the original one i saw it coming from the beginning well yeah that's what i'm saying like a minor twist like it wasn't anything like huge but like i guess it's I mean, like a cool continuation of the character but, but like like i said was, earlier like they didn't do anything with that it was something that i saw coming but it was necessary i think to be able to relate the two together between the 1992 and this one, besides just having like Candyman in this film. Yeah, so that's something that I didn't have a big issue with because I'd obviously seen the original one. But you had watched the original one right before this. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on it? If you hadn't seen the first one, would you have felt like certain plot points wouldn't have hit with you? Because I personally well, think, and like I'd seen Candyman since the 90s, but like I thought watching this, I was like, man, like they really did like this whole like reboot thing and it's like its own thing. But like if you hadn't, if I hadn't seen the first one, there's a lot of things I'd felt like, well, where's this coming from? Yeah, exactly. So watching the original one right before watching this newest one, it, it was, it was very smart. I think on my part, because there was so much that like when I was watching this movie, I was like, Oh, you know, like I would never have got that if I didn't watch that one or like, I mean, I wouldn't have suspected that that kid, for example, was, you know, well, the guy was the kid from the original one, you know, and that had to play a part, yeah. you know. So I would have thought this was just like, uh, like not a legacy, but an adaptation of Candyman. Yeah. So, th- so that's a thing, like, that I, I get, I appreciate that because it it is a sequel, 
Um, but a lot of times when you do the Lego sequels, they kind of stand on their own or they, they like take and establish mythology and then just, just go on from there. But this one, like you really need to see the first one to like, I guess, get the full impact of this one. Yeah. I didn't feel like you needed that for, for Halloween. I think no, because they, anything you need to know about the first Halloween was, was in that Halloween 2018. Yeah, exactly. You know, like this one, you had to absolutely watch the the first Candyman before watching this one. And if you haven't seen it for a while, I recommend watching it again before you watch this one. If you want to watch this one, you know, like yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's it's they didn't. I I thought it would have been different. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought going in too. And then early on, like very early on, I liked it. I was like. Like, like what I was saying before, like, I liked how they took the way the first one ended and, like, continued that legacy on. Like, that made, it, it logically made sense to me. I was like, okay, I like where they're going with this. And then it just was kind of like they got lost. And I had a feeling, especially the way how, like, abruptly this movie ended, it was like they took a bunch of, like, different ideas and just, like, sewed them together. And then that was the movie. Like let's let's talk like about that en- ending for a second. It was like so there was like the build up kind of, and then it was just the lat like the last like five minutes. It was just over. Like so they she's in the cop car. She summons the Candyman, kills all the cops, and then that that's the movie. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they rushed it. Like they either they ran out of ideas or they ran out of budgeting, and they just like. We got to work with what we got. We got five dollars in the tank. How many fake cops can we get for five dollars? How yeah. many? How much blood can we get for five dollars? All right, let's do this. And then yeah. that was it. I thought that was probably one of the cooler parts of the movie too, just because that was actually like Tony Todd's voice, and and they showed him like briefly, like so. That's the thing that like Tony Todd, like you could have different Candyman's, and that's an idea that they really introduced in this is like there's been different Candyman's over time, but the the main ones the Daniel Robitaille, the Tony Todd's character from the original one, and his backstory with him being wrong, wrongly accused, uh, wrongly killed by like the rich white dude and like the mob of people, and that's how he became Candyman. Is like revenge. Um, but I, he definitely, like, I, I know a big issue when they're remaking Nightmare on Elm Street is like people can't live up to Robert England as Freddy Krueger. And Tony Todd is Candyman. Like you, it was so obvious. Like when they had it, it, had him in it for that brief part at the end. Like he was so much creep, more creepy as a as the Candyman. Like and even like so, you saw the first one right before this. I don't even know that he recorded new lines for this. I think that they just reused the lines from the first movie because he he has that line like what's it like they say that I shed the blood of the innocent, but what is blood, but to be, but what is blood for, but, but, or what is it like blood? What is it for, but to be shed or something like that? Some like Shakespearean line. That's like awesome. It's creepy. And there's like deep voice. Like he creepy. He's like, he's a great villain. Well, t- like technically villain, but I feel like that they miss that a lot. This movie. I think so. You know who I thought had a very, uh, or two people had very punchable faces in this. Who? I don't. Uh, well, I don't even remember their names. Was it but, the uh, uh, one the, of them? Definitely the guys is... at the art credit the at the art show. Yeah. The um, what was the one dude's name? Clive. I think it's like Clive. a nod to like Clive Barker, the creator of like the original like story for Candyman. But uh, Clive Barker's like a cool dude. This dude is not. He was the douchiest of the douche. His name was Clive Privler. P R I V L E R. Yeah, he was. He was. I instantly hated him. Every single word that he said, I feel like they could easily just cut that out. Yeah, I think I think he was designed that way. But that's like a, another issue. I go like that's such a one-dimensional character. Um. I guess as far as all the characters, like another issue with this movie is there's 
besides the main character, and he definitely has his shortcomings, but like, and he's underdeveloped, but there's no real characters to really root for in this movie. Like, all the characters are like kind of shitty people. Like, his girlfriend, like, she barely even supported him at all. Like, it seemed early on like she kind of did, but never really, like, once you get, like, her backstory of, like, trying to advance as, like, an art curator, and, like, he, at the time, I guess, when they started dating, was, like, the next hot up-and-coming artist. So, like, there was never really anything there, and she was able, like, while he's having, like, a mental breakdown, and, like, she acted like he beat her and hit her, but all he did was, like, smashed a mirror. Like, in, and she turned on him in, like, 10 seconds, like, um, her brother, like, he was kind of, like, an asshole, he had a shitty personality, um, the art curator, like, he was an asshole, the, that other art dude, um, he, he sucked, too, like, who, who were we rooting, the cops, the cops are all bad guys in this, who, who were we rooting for in this movie, like, it makes it hard, like, yeah, there wasn't like there wasn't a likable character. The the one guy that plays kind of a big role, the guy from uh, Cabrini Green that relays like further into the legend to the main art dude. Like, turns out that he's a big old bag of shit. Like, <laughs> it makes it hard in the story because in um the original Candyman story, like, there's definitely lines blurred between who's good who's bad, but there's sympathetic characters that you could relate to, or that you could see, like, the plight in their situation. But here, it's like, you don't really like any of these guys. Oh, not at all. Like, that that really hurts my score, at least, for the movie. It, so what you gotta I, have some, you gotta have a likable character. If you don't have a likable character, no one can relate to this movie at all, and that's something you want to do with a horror film is you want to try to make it so you can relate to it to like increase the fear of it in my opinion you know like like friday 13th i like to go camping where are they at they're at a goddamn camp son of a bitch every time i go camping now you bet your ass i'm thinking about a guy in an axe you know like yeah that's something you want to you want a horror film to be able to relate and the characters in the horror film to be able to relate to who you are as a person or like something that you're interested in as a person or something that is relevant in your everyday life in this film for me was just none of that. And because of that, I, 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 I didn't like this movie. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't tell, I did not enjoy myself. Like I, I get like, there's supposed to be characters designed in a story that you don't like. Um, but that's more based upon their actions. Like here, the subtlety of it is so heavy handed. Like it's so obvious. You're not supposed to like the art critic. Like you're not supposed to like the, like different characters. Um, racism's bad. Gentrification's bad. Like these are all things like inherently we know coming in. But in the first Candyman, it was like a huge part of the story but it was portrayed in a more realistic, like, masterful way. And here it's just like, they don't know, it's like an artist not knowing how to paint with certain brushes. It's it's just so in your face that it's like, it takes you out of it. It's like, I don't need to be lectured nonstop. Like, I know there's inequality in, there's wrongdoings in the world, but you don't have to just constantly relentlessly hit you in the face with it, you know, like have some, I don't even, I don't even know the word for it. Some, some skill in the way that you portray it on the screen. Uh, and I think that a lot of that has to come down to the overall story um, in this movie, because I don't think the directing's bad. Uh, director Nia DaCosta, uh, there's some very, very beautiful looking set pieces and scenes in this movie um and things are set up well in that regards i just think the script itself just didn't didn't have all of the things figured out that it wanted to say if if that makes sense it makes sense because it just seemed like there's a lot of ideas that were presented there just none of them were fleshed out 
and the the story didn't go anywhere because if you watch the story from like what was the message that they were trying to tell us because they go off in like five different directions and never end up anywhere like i'm thinking of the scene now like there was randomly a scene with the one girl that she found out about the candy man um maybe from like a news report or something like that but she goes in her high school and they they say it in the bathroom with those group of girls and they all get killed I think a better way to have taken this story is I would have kept the beginning with like the artist working on that and then his art gets the message out there and then there's like some type of murders or something and then like it gets all hyped up on the news because you know how our modern day news media loves loves a good tragedy and then that would get like local high school kids or something where it goes viral in 2021 that would be huge it goes viral and people are in their high school and stuff doing like that scene in the movie and like that becomes the issue with the movie and maybe the artist feels guilty or something for that he wants to go and try to stop these Candyman killings or something like that and like an idea like that where if you just picked one of the ideas where they present in this movie and just fully went with that instead of trying to like throw as much shit at the wall and see what sticks because at the end of the day if you're throwing that much shit at the wall you have a shit covered wall and you know what the Candyman says? I am the writing That's on the wall. That's a wall. No, he says, I am the writing on the wall. That's why Tony Todd is so fucking cool. Like, just the way, like, his lines he delivered in the original were great. Yeah, the original one, I... So, uh, the original one was a lot better than this one. Print that down. Send it to the, send it to the machine that they do the printing out. That's an old saying, right? <laughs> a, a printer? I don't know. I don't know what the printer, saying is. Printer press. Send it to the press. Fax machine. Stamp it. Stamp it or something. I don't know. All right. Well, let's just let's just get on to. Ooh, burn some wax. All right. I got one more con. A lot of the dialogue in this movie was like real rough. It didn't feel like people actually like communicating. It was like people talking to each other. Like you say a line, I say a line. So the one thing I didn't like with this one and the other one, like people were hyped, like they got some of the original like actors and stuff. They got the mother from the first one back. who was who plays the main character's mother. Same actress. I thought she was bad in the first one, her acting. And I think her acting's terrible in this one as well. So at least she's consistent. Consistent since what? How, how long ago did the last one come out? 1992. Yeah, so almost fucking 30 years. Well, think think about her acting in the first one, too. Like, when she found out her kid was missing, it was, like, the biggest overacting. Like, and I get it, you'd be freaking out, but, like, her acting was just, like, fucking strange. And then this, her acting's, like, so stilted, so, like, it felt like she kept, like, looking over at the camera, too. I don't know, man. Her defense in the first one, I thought that whole scene was, like, overkill. Yeah. Like, well, we're not doing one on the first one here, so let's get into this. Uh, I guess we'll go into uh, ratings, recommendations. I'd recommend this movie, I guess because your options, there aren't too many in the movie theaters right now. If you want to go to the movie theaters and, and just check a movie out, uh, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess go see this. Um, as long as, in my opinion, if you saw the first Candyman, because if not, there's a lot of story beats that won't really resonate with you. Um, if you hadn't seen the original Candyman, uh, like other than that, I, I mean, the, the movie looks good production wise. Uh, there's a, a few good kills in there. Um, not too many slashers you get to see. Like I know Halloween's coming up, but like anyone like that, check it out. Um, it's not absolutely terrible. It definitely doesn't live up to the original. If I'm going to give it a score, I'll probably give it like a 6.2 out of 10. Um, the, that being said, I am very disappointed with the movie. And I think that's that's how I get to my score is because there is good ideas within this. And they started off very strong. Um, but they just never 
lived up to the potential to some of the ideas that they did introduce in this movie. And I, I get I get where you're coming from, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do something crazy here. I'm gonna go back to back. Uh, I, I gotta get like a stamp or something, like a back back to back four reviews. Four reviews. Just, so just say what you're gonna say. Would, this is painful. I would recommend. I know. I'd recommend this movie to either people who have watched the first one and liked it. Or kind of are interested in, <clears throat> like, it was like a light version of a slasher film. Because there wasn't a whole lot of killing done actually on camera. That's, um, I mean, that is a good point. Like, it is a light version. Like, there's not really any scares in this movie at all. No, and I'm not saying, no like, movies scares. have to have, like, jump scares. or But there's not really, like, too much tension built. And you don't, like, when the Candyman was around in the original, like, there's, like, oh, shit, there's that, like, apprehension there. Like, something might happen. He could be around them at any time. But in this one, like, even when he was, like, briefly on screen, like, when they're in the art, the art gallery, and, like, he rips that one screen, and he's in the other room, like, you're not really scared. There's no, like, tension built there. Yeah, the, the, I, I agree. That's oh, why Christ, the more I think why, about it, the more cons I have. The first Candyman had such an awesome, awesome, like, almost, like, digitized, like, at times, orchestral, like, score. Like, it was, like, an epic sounding, like, it was, like, a cool, different, like, unique little, like, musical score. And this one, I can't remember, like, really any of the music playing. No, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm so, I mean, so, sorry to cut you off on there. Go go back to your review, but the more I think about it, point. the more things disappointed me in this movie. No, I completely agree. Um, but no, I'm going to do back-to-back a week. So last week we did uh, Blood Red Sky, and I gave it a 3 out of 10. This week, I'm actually going to give this movie, I'm not going to be that mean. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be mean mean. I'm going to be light mean, I guess you can say, because this is like a light slasher will be a light mean uh, review. But I, I honestly, God, I'm probably going to give this movie a 2 out of 10. I did not enjoy this movie at all. I, uh, uh, dude, This movie is definitely better than Blood Red Sky. I didn't think so, honestly. Like, there's such a delay in between, like, actual scenes that mattered, I feel like, that it just lost my interest with it. I was not entertained by this movie at all. And that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Am I entertained with this? Yes or no? No. Personally, I always think to myself, is this a movie I can see myself watching again or wanting to watch again? Personally, I'm going to say no. I don't, I really don't care for this film. I don't care to see it again. So that hurts the score as well for me. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't think I'll be watching it again. I really, I mean, there's nothing really, watch for but um i definitely think as far as movies go it is a better put together film than blood red sky there is that's the biggest problem i have with this is there is redeeming qualities in this movie um and they touched on a lot of things that could have made it an actual great movie and that's where my disappointment comes in with it because if they just would have stuck with any of those ideas and fleshed them out or just had a game plan of where they were going with the ideas they introduced, it could have been a great movie. And that's just unfortunate that they didn't live up to their potential. I mean, it could have been a great movie, but I feel like they went the complete opposite direction with it, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think I've spoken to you about this. There's a reason why was it late eighties, early nineties, there was like a pause in not like a pause, but the horror films that were released in that time frame weren't considered at all memorable or classic until Scream came out in what ninety six, ninety eight, something like that. Yeah, I mean, so there is so like so I think it's a bold strategy. The Candyman is iconic, but I think it's it's bold strategy to build upon one of those movies from that time period that weren't considered like revolutionary for the horror films like what the horror category needed in that time frame yeah but i would argue that 
it's like movies that are because definitely Candyman has like a, a cult status um, and the original one's well done, but I wouldn't argue it as like an all time classic, but it is a, a well known, but like the idea, like you're saying there, the late, real late eighties, early nineties, there was like a dip in, I wouldn't say like the quality, but like overall like classic horror movies that came out. And that was like a lot of, cause throughout the eighties, that's when horror got like super huge. And like, there was all kinds of classics coming out every year in like a, like in sports, like a good championship team, like there's going to be that downtime after like the glory years before you like rebuild and come back. And Candyman came out like firmly in that time. Um, but that is one of those gems from that like down period of time from horror. Um, but I feel like lesser things like that are, are, are ripe for like, if you are going to remake a film, which I'm not saying remake, I always like new ideas, but you can do a remake well, or if you are going to reboot um, and bring that legacy to more people, that that's like a primary. And like, that's something that frustrated me the most with this movie is they were on the right track really early on. Like I got, because I, I didn't have, like, the, the highest hopes. Like, I'm not the biggest Candyman fan, but the way that they started this movie and they chose to continue the mythology, I was like, these guys are getting it. Like, this movie's going to be something. And then the back half of the movie, I was like, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they rushed it, I think. They they either either they ran out of budget or they ran out of ideas of how to end the movie so they just said here's a hat with all the ideas we have that are cheap let's see what we can go with yeah we i mean we've been there on uh, many times in our life man like how many times have you worked on a project and you're like you know what i've worked on this enough like i'm done and then you just turn I'm it what you have i'm copy and pasting the ending yeah um well other than that those are our scores I guess we'll we'll wrap this on up here. Um, if you have any comments, concerns, want us to check something out, um, anything like that, shoot us an email at huntershorrorvision at gmail. Um, you can check us out. Shoot us a DM on Twitter. That's, uh, I think, just at horrorvision. Pretty sure. I could check, but I'm not going <laughs> to. You'll find us. Uh, um if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite streaming service, good for you. Um, I mean, that's pretty much you're, you're winning at life. Uh, if not, we're on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, uh, now on Amazon podcasts, uh, pretty much any type of podcast platform that is your preference. We're going to be out there for you. Uh, other than that, I think that's all I got this week, Bug. Um. Are you allergic to bees? Actually, I am. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Are you Are you afraid of bees? Not at all. I'm not afraid of okay. dying, bug. I, mean, I didn't say dying. I said bees. You don't have to go the extra step forward there. If I'm allergic to bees and I get stung like too many times, I could die. Yeah, too many times. Just don't go messing uh, with no like hornet's nest or some shit like that. Like uh, I don't know. Like so, my mom's allergic to bees. Yeah, so she's my, not afraid my mom, of bees. My mom carries an EpiPen. Yeah, so my mom, it's not as dramatic. If if she gets stung, she just like swells up like a bowling ball. But it, it, she's kind of, I guess, like you. So it would take multiple stings for her to actually. Yeah, yeah with my mom, it's just like one sting, and she got yeah. an EpiPen. But yeah, for for me, it would be like multiple, and I'd have a severe reaction. But and the only time oh, I was ever close with that was when I worked a, a landscaping job and I uh, drove the lawnmower over one of those underground bees' nests and they came out and stung me a bunch. Just asking for it at that point. I made it. I'm here. I could have been the Candyman, dude. I would come back as, like, I don't know, I probably would have branded a little bit different than the Candyman. Like Bee Sting Billy or something. 
the hashling slasher from SpongeBob probably could have paid the sting candy man better than you. I've been like the stinger. I'm the stinger. Something something B related. B boy. I'm B boy. Don't don't ever say that. <laughs> I know we're not in front of each other right now. Don't ever say that across the microphone to me, across the table from me. Across the football field, from, I don't even care where we're at. Don't ever say that again. Yeah, because you're afraid. You're afraid of the B boy. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> afraid of the B boy. All right. Well, that's all we got for you this week. We'll uh, be back next week. Uh, this has been a podcast from Boog and uh, the Bitch Boy over there. The B boy. The Bitch Boy. Boog, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs>